The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Times are getting a little easier these days, but that don't mean taking time for yourself needs to. When you want a drink, you want to work for it. That's why I only drink Malort. Its unusual full-bodied flavor of deck varnish and viper piss is a taste savored by two-fisted drinkers. So if you think your two fists are strong enough, why not grab yourself a shot of the only booze big enough to knock some sense right back into you? Jepson's Malort. It'll kick your ass for you, so you can take time taking her easy. Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. What's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I'm a bird. This is my birdcast. I say podcast because that's what you guys call it. But let's be real. It's the only birdcast out there maintained and created by birds. More specifically, me. And my name is Chad. And here you are. This is a very special episode of the birdcast. Um, I got uh, some friend of mine that I met doing shows in Chicago who also happens to be a a bioethicist and a lawyer and an associate professor at Northwestern University's medical school who specializes in reproductive ethics. She also wrote a book, Scarlet A, The Ethics, Law, and Politics of Ordinary Abortion, which the New York Times called revolutionary and listed as one of the top 10 books to read if you want to understand the abortion situation. Uh, She's written for JAMA, New England Journal of Medicine, Lancet, as we know, which is a a periodical and publication that uh, professionals use and shouldn't be quoted by people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, Uh, and the AMA Journal of Ethics. So, like, listen, okay, to this whole thing, because I, I finally have somebody who can come in here and answer some questions and allay some worries and doubts and also make us... Uh, you know, pumped up to start fighting back because, like, as you know, so for those of you in the future, look, just Google Roe v. Wade 2022. There you go. Now you know where we're we're at in this timeline. Uh, and I wanted to bring on somebody who knew what the fuck they were talking about rather than go on TikTok and talk to, you know, Joe Fart 69, who seems to know everything about uh, what's going on. So instead, I was like, now nah, I'm going to bring in somebody who knows what's going on. So here to help us understand the situation and what to do is someone who knows that you should know, and that's Katie Watson. So here's that conversation already in progress. You like me, cause you could go downhill. I can't promise that you love me, but you probably will. I can't promise you forever, baby. Now, live, uh, my, oh man, my levels are weird. So, the great Katie Watson is in, um, the studio. We're doing this over, uh, like it's a, it's not Zoom, it's a, who has that kind of money? You have it on Zoom, though, right? On your no, you're in my streamyard. I'm yeah, in I'm your using yard. Streamyard. I'm in your yard, Chad. <laughs> Welcome to my yard. Um, it's very uh, small, but uh, it is efficient. 
There's grass, and you could play bocce, uh, and there's a little patio area for drinks. But that's it, and you got to be in before 11 because the landlord hates it. Um, so welcome. We're sitting out back. We're having ourselves a little sun tea. What would you? All right. So here, you and me are actually in the in the in the face. We're hanging outside. It's a muggy Chicago like Sunday morning. What is your drink of choice for the backyard? Uh, good Earth iced tea. That's like this cinnamon orange stuff. Ooh. There can't be alcohol in the morning, or there'll be no more of the day. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> Pro tip. Pro tip. Okay, well, let's say, all right, we're going to, all right, so we've been hanging out all day. We've just been having uh, just a gas. And you're like, hey, let's go get some lunch. And we're like, all right, lunch. I don't have anything to do today. It's Sunday. And then, like, oh, man, it's 630 already? Shit, we got to get something to eat. Uh, we got to go out to dinner. And you're like, well, hang on. Let's have a drink in my place, and then we'll go get some dinner. Where, what are we drinking that evening? Oh, oh, then we're having. We're outside, though. Oh, Keep that in mind. Moscow Still... Mules. Moscow Mules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hot doggy Chicago that... evening. Moscow yeah. Mules on the deck. That is the drink where you just don't want to deal with anything. You're just like, nah, I want cold, sweet. And I want to get drunk now, please. Thank you. Now, because it's a Moscow Mule, I'm assuming you 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 deliver it in the copper mug experience. Because I hear if you don't, it can't be called a Moscow Mule. Well, then we need to find another name because I'm just not that fancy and I don't have that kind of time. Let's call it uh, expensive ginger ale, rum, and mint in the glass I already had, Chad. <laughs> in a tumbler. In a, it's in a coffee mug. Fuck off. Yes, I mean, does it taste good? Close your eyes. Fine. People like, oh, man. Do you, you want me to charge humans. you $19? Because I can go get a, a good, <laughs> the right glass and then oh, serve wow. it Oh, wow. Must be you. happy hour. It's <laughs> only 19 bucks. Woo. Uh, for those of you not from Chicago, everything's expensive now. What are the hors d'oeuvres we're having on our little patio party with the Moscow mules? Um, what we're doing is we're just finding what's in my fridge, which is kind of my style because we've been hanging out all day. So there's going right. to be um, those green, I think they're called cal- cabastrola. I can't say it right. These green olives. <laughs> there's going to be uh, salty almonds. And then there's go- maybe going to be some shrimp if you're lucky. Whoa, shrimp. All right, Mr. Moneybags. I didn't mean to. Should I take my shoes off? Damn. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will then, because that was the case, you asked me to bring a charcute, and I did. Um, but I, like, go nuts when that happens. So you're going to get, like, six different kinds of cheeses, and it's not going to be the wedgie cheeses. It's going to be the cream cheeses with the, the little knife that spreads, the little spready stuff. And then um, I'm going to also bring parm crackers because I love chaos. And to do cheese on cheese just sounds like I'm going to summon some kind of evil spirit. Uh, Oh, and I want to do – oh, you know what I want to do? I want to do the cheese that has the, like, nuts, berry, uh, like, coating on the outside that you have to slice. But it still spreads. Yeah, it doesn't need to be Christmas for that. You know, that's, that's, that's your grandpa's rules about that cheese yeah i don't look i'm not gonna eat cheese after 10 anyway so like if it's either morning cheese or 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 like uh fancy evening pre-drinks cheese 
but there's no like late night cheese. If we're going heavy into the salty snacks and we're gonna things are gonna get serious, it's gonna be a vodka martini with blue cheese olives. That just seems like it, not for before dinner, or again, there will be no dinner. Somebody's getting married this week, apparently. <laughs> Martinis, eh? It's either that or you're like, we've been working rather hard. So let's take that, because I'm assuming in today's, you know, casual, low-wind, uh, calm seas adventure that is the good ship America, you haven't had much to do. So you're like, probably just, ah, man, maybe I'll get like a, like one of those trulies. Flipping through magazines, <laughs> getting day drunk by myself on the porch. Like, yeah. What else would we there be to do or talk about this summer? Yeah, seriously. First of all, thank you for um, having me on your patio with this delicious spread and Moscow mules. Uh, but second off, thank you for taking the time because, yeah, you are, in fact, busy because, I don't know, something's up. I don't know. I'm getting a vibe that things ain't great right now. Is that a fair assessment? Is the litmus test pretty is the pH balance off? Yeah, Chad, it's like uh, the Supreme Court. Imagine 49 years after Brown versus Board of Education in 2003, a different court said, you know what? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, separate can't be equal. We're just going to throw this back to the states. And if they want to <laughs> segregate schools, you know what? We got it wrong. Nothing's changed, <laughs> and actually for a half century, America has progressed and relied on that decision and assumed its freedoms, And uh, but you know what? We just feel different. Um, so that's what they did to women, and uh, they, <laughs> they reversed Roe versus Wade because- Oh, wah, wah. Right? Sorry to spoil your summer. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to be a cool, cool summer indeed, everyone. I think it's funny that there are so many, like, court decisions that now this Supreme Court, like, like um, equal rights. And the Supreme, the Supreme Court was like, nah. Like, there's so many things that they're looking through that are precedent that they're just kind of like, well, I don't, you know, guys, I don't know about this whole thing. Maybe segregation wasn't a bad idea. Like, it's, it's confusing, uh, but also predictable based on who's running the thing, because you've got like a frat boy, uh, you've got like a, one of those like Christian soccer moms, uh, and then a couple old guys that you know are going to give you a thigh squeeze. So it's not like super con like stunning that they're all like, hey, you know what I'm really tired of? And you're like, oh, God, please don't make it awkward at Thanksgiving. And then they're the ones making laws now. So, yeah, uh, being as though that you work in the biz – how you doing? Uh, um, I live to be useful, so I'm uh, I'm not a physician who has to turn people away and say I'm sorry. I can't provide life-altering standard of care medicine, and I'm getting too old to be accidentally pregnant. So I've decided to be fine, uh, but America is not. And the Dobbs decision reversing Roe versus Wade is really an act of symbolic, symbolic violence against all women. Um, so it doesn't actually matter what category I'm in, whether you're queer, whether you're a nun, or whether you're opposed to abortion, ethically, morally, or religiously. Um, that's the Supreme Court saying the Constitution doesn't include you. Um, and the state legislatures can say they don't respect your moral authority, they don't respect your religious perspective, they don't respect your intellectual ability to make decisions, 
and the state legislature can decide that your one-week-old embryo is more important than you are. And it can decide that you must be a mother, that, that, that you can live in a world of forced pregnancy. And so one in four American women, uh, if current statistics hold, which are as low as they've been since Roe versus Wade, um, will have an abortion by menopause. Um, so that's 25% of American women. This is not a minor, you know, um, rare activity. Now, right. You don't know, as a person, if you are a woman who sleeps with men, um, you don't know wh- whether you'll be in the one or the other three until you hit menopause, <laughs> right? So the right. stress of the possibility of an unwanted pregnancy is present in people's, not just their sex lives, although I think that's really important, and um, valuable, but like their um, how they make plans for relationships or what they their work, their school, you know, just their right. lives. Um, so it's it really affects people capable of pregnancy terribly, but it also affects all of us who thought we lived in a country where recently at least we've counted. Yeah, it's almost like the the bare minimum now isn't even like isn't even considered it's like it shouldn't it should be the bare minimum that we're all equal so okay first question i have for you because you have a lot of experience in this field just in in specifically in this field yeah you were a doula at one point i I was and my fellowship in law school was in reproductive freedom is what we called it then i reproductive freedom is my only fans page come and find me (laughs) (laughs) Um, We talk more about reproductive justice now, which is awesome and important. Um, And um, I I teach at Northwestern Medical School. I'm a bioethicist who focuses on women's health. Uh, I've written a book about abortion. Yeah, I talk about constitutional law a lot and medical ethics. You've, you know, had your hands in the fire, so to speak. I have had my hands in some fires. Um, When I was volunteering as a doula, some... um, I've created another human being. Uh, I don't know if that uh, makes me an expert in reproduction, but it gives me a personal experience with it. Um, I feel like that puts you high up. I on mean, the, honestly, the if if people are going to tell other people what to do with their uteri, um, you know, there's something to having experienced pregnancy. And I think uh, it doesn't mean you have to experience pregnancy, but um, I do think it's really interesting that we because so many people want to have a baby and because it's so common, we misunderstand or forget um, how, how challenging pregnancy can be. I mean, it is a really big deal. Um, to put it mildly, you, you, you create another human person. I mean, I think we all get that. And I think those who oppose abortion sometimes act as if people who support access don't understand what will happen at the end of that pregnancy. And I think it's exactly because they do. I think it's so amazing. Like it's exactly because they know it will end in a child. If it is left uninterrupted, that is why people want to want to interrupt it. Like we're on the same page about what's going to (laughs) happen. I do love that. Whenever you get into arguments with anybody who's, who's just like, in your face about abortion, you're like, well, we are aware of what's going to happen. We don't need you to explain to us. They, they get it. And, and sometimes 
some of their reasons are because they need to take care of the children they already have, or this is really bad timing, it's too too close to the baby they have at home. I mean, there's so many different reasons, and I don't mean to valorize that if someone already has children, somehow their reason is better than anybody else's. That's not how I think. But I think the idea that those who oppose legal abortion somehow have are are speaking for children or fetuses is unwarranted. I am a former fetus. You are a former bird fetus, apparently. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I, you I'm egg-based. Egg. You were just like yeah, you humans. We're both egg-based creatures. I mean, and so the idea that those who oppose abortion somehow speak for fetuses, and those who have support access speak for or with grown-up women, is really not accurate yeah they always have the same lumpy dude on tv to talk about why women shouldn't have abortions and you're always like why is this lumpy dude to who gave you the medal like who was just like yeah you you'll, you check out they often have a gentleman of that persuasion but they but more and more you're seeing women in those uh, roles and that's not an accident and it's right. incredibly interesting so um, why they're pushing so hard to get rid of the choice is what boggles my mind. I'm like, that works in your favor, dude. Well, actually, here's why. Because they have... <laughs> I have an answer for that. Oh, yeah. do ye? I do! The reason is that they, they, they want to do by force what they haven't successfully been able to do by persuasion. So they haven't been able to change enough hearts and minds to convince people to agree with their perspective. And so now they want to do it by the force of law to literally hold hostage, to um, commandeer the bodies of neighbors who disagree with them, neighbors who have a different moral framework or religious perspective or secular ethical perspective. And, and that is so deeply anti-American to me, um, that we live in a pluralistic country. You know, we don't walk around saying like, oh my gosh, 250 years of debate and we haven't been able to resolve which is the best religion. It's a crisis, right. you know? We, that, that's, that's not the framework, right? That someone can evangelize to me, I can tell them my perspective, maybe one of us changes, maybe we don't, maybe we're still friends and neighbors, but, but, or maybe we're not, you know, that's, that's a choice. I don't have to invite anyone to my home for dinner. I don't want to, right? Um, <laughs> and she won. And also you heard what I'm serving. So it's not that big of a deal to not be invited, but, um, the, um, but, but that's kind of how that works, right? Politically and otherwise, but suddenly on this issue, the Supreme court has said, and, and the forces who have worked so hard to reach this moment, they haven't been persuasive, um, so they're going to do it with handcuffs. I want you to have all the social support in the world. It's not even just don't do it. I want you to have the support socially, financially to have that child. Because I think having kids is actually a public good. Um, if your life and health is threatened by that pregnancy, but if you terminated it, you wouldn't be who you are. We will throw our million dollar medicine at you and do everything we can to make it work yeah, out. Yeah, you still get to have health care. You yeah. still get to be seen by a doctor. Mm -hmm. What I don't understand I think in all of this is the audacity like wh who got who when when did where in their existence did somebody go not only are you right but you should make sure that everybody does what you say like when does that happen well so here's where it happened um the 
it's some of this is about embryos and fetuses, but a lot of it is not. Okay, so let's be super clear when I said women aren't fully covered by the um, Constitution. Um, empowered women are inconvenient for a lot of folks, largely men. Um, and in the last 50 years, we 60 years, our country has undergone, historically speaking, just this seismic cultural change in the roles of women in both the, what used to be called the private sphere and the public sphere. So our, our family roles in terms of like getting married much later, not necessarily getting married at all, the rise in single motherhood, um, the um, incredible increase in the number of women with college degrees compared to the 60s. Um, women, like we might be your boss at work if you can believe it. It's so much change. And so sociologists will tell you that um, I'm really interested in this issue of structural stigma and that when the culture works the way oppressors want, they can act very politely and like they're all for everybody and, you know, they don't have to be ugly about it because the levers of oppression are already institutionalized in social mores and in regulations and, you know, businesses and, and the law. Um, but when those, the culture changes to, to allow more freedom, the levers of control come out and become very obvious and um, oppressive because they have to to smash it down. So think of the clan, you know, like you. I try not to. I mean, don't. I, mean, I yeah, really no, no, do that's fair. Honestly. I feel really badly suddenly saying that because that's like <laughs> I don't want you to go to sleep with that image. But you know, you need a clan to terrorize a population right. that's starting to think that they have rights and they could go to school and they could have jobs and buy homes. If you want to send the message, no, you can't, and you need Jim Crow laws. And I'm not saying this is the same as that, but I think sometimes we can see things historically more clearly than we can see things that are right up against our noses. And so to right. say, well, this is just a matter of constitutional law. It's an originalist interpretation. Like, there's just so much more happening there. So when you say, how do people think they can force people's views? I think I, I, I'm going to make a wild statement. I don't have data behind it. And as a professor, I like to have data. But I think we have anecdotal histories of, of quite a few of people who oppose um, or, you know, want morality law X, who do yeah. not themselves follow morality law X, right? And so how many folks who support the bans expect them to apply to themselves, their spouses, their girlfriends, their daughters, their sisters. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there are people who are honest abolitionists who really are, tr are struggling or troubled and, and, and lose sleep at night because they really believe that an embryo or fetus is the same morally as you and me. And I really have a ton of respect for those people in their conflict. It's, that is certainly not all of those promoting abortion bans. And as a constitutional lawyer who cares about pluralism, I want to say in the nicest possible way, I don't care what your religion says. I don't go. need to know what it says. Yep. What I say is do your thing. Right. Well, we also used to have, a, or at least a, a, a deep, uh, uh, like, understanding of the separation of church and state. But I guess that's not true anymore. So, fine. Um, okay. 
I love that when people are like, yeah, man, uh, I don't care about your religion. It's like, you don't think I should worship stuff? I'm like, no, I mean, I don't care. It's none of my business. I don't care. And I don't want to talk about it because you're going to get way too into your fandom and it's going to get weird. And it's like when you talk to Star Wars people that you know are those kinds of Star Wars people, where you're like, oh, is this going to get emotional? This doesn't need to get, I don't care. I don't care in the nicest possible way. I always say that because, like, I really want you to be happy. I really yeah. want you to flourish. It's not that I don't care about you, because I actually do. I'm a real softy. Uh, I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to flourish. I want everyone to live in their everyone own. Everyone with a Moscow mule. Everybody's I mean, got their, whatever their, plate, their small plate. Exactly. Get your small plate and your drink of choice and enjoy the evening. And and let's talk. Let's argue. Let's storm away from each other. I don't know what how it's going to end, but I really do want you to be happy no matter how that conversation ends. I just don't want you to uh, toss me in a burlap sack and uh, drag me away <laughs> at the end. So question. Um Deep, like, into the comment section, whenever you post about things like abortion, people tend to throw, well, that's not what the thing actually says at you. They're like, well, if you actually read that, I'm like, and you didn't. You click agree on your iTunes shit all the time, just like everybody else. So don't act like you comb through that with a fucking highlighter and you know what's going on. Bro sauce 69. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. But, but they do have a valid point. What is in this? Like, what did happen from a technical legal standpoint? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay, so the five-member majority in Dobbs said that Roe was incorrectly decided. Dobbs is the case yes, they were talking you. about. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Mississippi, the state in which that clinic was ba- is based, um, banned abortion after 15 weeks, which was a violation of Roe's viability standard, which said you had to give access until tw- approximately 24 weeks um, until a fetus could theoretically or potentially survive outside a person's body. And... Um, this was challenged, and in the past, you know, it would have just been like a rubber stamp thing. The, the Supreme Court would have no need to hear it, but this Supreme Court was interested in reversing Roe, and they accepted this case, we know now, as their vehicle for doing so. And what they said, the reason they said that Roe was wrong, was that it was not part of this test, and I'm going to try to break this down really simply. The idea of, okay, what is covered in the Constitution when you interpret the 14th Amendment and think about what's called substantive due process, not just like due process like a fair trial, but um, something more meaningful and substantive that, um, yes, we have this privacy doctrine that was created in the contraception cases. Because up to 1965 and then 1972, states made contraception illegal, and the court then created this thing called the Privacy Doctrine saying, yeah, contraception isn't mentioned in the Constitution, but that's within a zone of personal freedom. The first case was about married people. Between a man and wife, um, or uh, and then later it was single people, saying there's this, this fundamental right to bear or beget a child that is outside of this zone of governmental intrusion. And looking at all the amendments and all the past cases saying, you know, yeah, the word's not there, but this does is in line with everything that we've done before. And then in 73, in Roe, the question was, does the existence of an embryo or fetus change that answer? And the Roe court was no. Like, we, we are saying nothing about the moral status of embryos and fetuses, but that will be for individual Americans to decide for themselves, whether they use this 
medical technology, basically. Um, and we never think of abortion as a new technology, but right. safe abortion, you know, there is. is. There's that effective. distinction I was kind of hoping we'd get to. Is yeah. like, what's going to be happening with this bill that we haven't even? It's so technical we haven't even gotten to the to the juicy insides yet. What it's going to happen is it's going to eliminate safe abortions. Exactly. Well, yes and no. So here's what's going to happen. So Doc Yay, said, yes and no. I know. Isn't that so fun? Doc said this is not part of the history and tradition of America. This is not what uh, the framers were thinking about. Check true. This is not what the those who ratified the 14th Amendment incorporated it to the states post-Civil War, 1868. Um, they weren't thinking about abortion. Check. True. Um, they also weren't thinking about contraception, marriage, um, uh, uh, gay rights, um, and you know, so many other things that we count on and think about in the 21st century. And that's because the Constitution isn't a, a grocery list. It is a, a set of principles that about governance that were meant to last and be elastic for historical change. And so by being so granular in referring to abortion versus individual liberty or procreative freedom or the personhood of women, um, the court was able to say, oh, we're just using this old standard test and Roe was wrong. They also claim, though, that they're not touching contraception or gay rights or the other cases, although Justice Thomas says he wants to go back on those. Um, but there's no logical reason those are free. The Dobbs court said, well, the difference here is the embryo or the fetus. But unless you declare an embryo or fetus a person under the Constitution, which they didn't explicitly do, and we know women are 100% people under the Constitution, why would a legislature get to pick an embryo over an adult woman. Right, because we're not going to count them in the census. Um, they, uh, they're, you know, they're not, a, so is they a tax break then if you have an embryo in you, if you have a little, you know. The multiple passenger lane. The decision is that abortion is not a constitutional right, which it has been for 49 years. This is the first time the court has retracted a major civil right. Um, and it's up to the states. They could pass laws on it the same way they legislate about all sorts of other things. And so they can protect abortion like Illinois has and basically put the Roe standards in our state law, or they can ban it entirely um, or anything in between. So it's up to every individual state, and many states are expected to ban or severely restrict um, so we now have free states and forced motherhood states. Um, and so we'll have those who have the means, many of them will travel to free states um, or what I call standard of care states. You know, we've been calling Illinois a haven state, but that makes us sound so awesome. So you can travel to a standard of care state and get normal medical care if you can afford that and take the time off and spend oh, quite a lot of money to do it. Um, or... You will, we expect many people, and we know from the Texas experience since September, to order medication abortion pills from the internet and uh, do what's called self-managed abortion at home. And that can be very safe. So it is not the same as a pre-Roe era where people were routinely using sharp instruments or abdominal blows to try to end pregnancies in very dangerous ways. Some people will still do that or swallowing caustic chemicals or putting them in their vagina. Please don't do that. 
um, they will still happen. But we have this new thing, new pharmaceutical that causes essentially a first trimester miscarriage. It's approved by the World Health Organization up to 12 weeks. Um, and it causes a miscarriage at home. It ends the pregnancy that way. Um, and we have this thing called the Internet where people can order these pills from India or other um, out-of-the-country pharmacies um, and take them privately at home. Um, many of them have not yet criminalized the women themselves, which is super interesting politically. In a way, it's very disrespectful because the right. pregnant person is the decision maker. So why is she not held responsible? The physician is held responsible. Anyone who aids or abets her might be held responsible, but she's not held responsible. And in a way, it's almost insulting. Um, in another way, of course, <laughs> I don't want women to go to jail. Yeah, right. Uh, that's one of those little insults you, I think, can yeah, take I mean, on I'll the chin right it. now in this nightmare well, world we're it. living in. But it's also the politics of, it's so interesting what a political decision is, because if you really believed that was murder... I think you put the murderer in jail if you define it in state law in certain ways. I mean, you can make it a crime, the criminal. Let me say, if you really think that that's such a serious crime, why wouldn't you put the person who decided to do it in jail? Well, one reason is that um, putting one in four women and these 59% who are mothers in jail is not going to play on the front page very well when that cute college girl down the street or your colleague at work is put in jail, suddenly people have different feelings about this, right? Um, so it's a really, um, I, I, let me be a thousand percent clear, I don't want women put in jail. I don't want women or pregnant people criminalized um, any more than they already are. But it points out another logical flaw in this nonsense argument that you give a shit about kids and you give a shit about life you don't. Right. You either don't actually don't believe the woman can be blamed because she's so dumb that she has, has fallen into the trap of a illegal, but she really had to work at it. But you still think she didn't mean it. Um, or <laughs> it's, it's confusing. Um, or it's just pure politics in a different yeah. way. And to minimize parenthood. And say, oh, the most important thing happens at conception, but act like carrying a child to term and delivering them and raising them is not morally serious. I actually think that, to me, is the more, perhaps, morally serious point. Yeah, like, that's why I never congratulate couples when they announce they're pregnant, because I'm like, I know bugs that can do that. I'll <laughs> congratulate you when your kid's 30 and not an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. When like, they're five, then you put in the work. When they're know? when they're five, and they said please and thank you, yeah, you yeah, should slow clap, ups, man. slow clap High those fives. parents. They picked up their toys and didn't punch uh -huh. another kid, even though they were really mad. Slow clap those parents. Send them flowers. Yeah, there you go. Like, because like I think we there's like this thing within humanity, especially when you watch TV, where birth is such a like holy thing. It's just this like the bright lights. And the slow minute, and then there's that creepy, whispery shit that the couple does where they're like, hey, meet your baby. And it's like, anybody ever said that to me? I'd be like, first off, prove it. Second off, why are you being so quiet? Why are you being weird? Because, like, I get it. Emotionally, that's got to be beautiful. But it's also a dirty, nasty, crazy thing, like all things that the body does. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, 
Um, like when you're a kid and you learn about sex and you're like, first of all, no way. And second right. of all, that's so disgusting. And you're Ew. not wrong at no, an important you're not level. Wrong. And then you add hormones and romance and suddenly that's really beautiful. Uh, you know, both yeah, perspectives Yeah, you got to have hormones true. and romance in there. It's like putting, Otherwise, like, you got to have disgusting. like sugar. It's gross. And, and, and being a doula <laughs> watching uh, people's bodies explode in a mess of right. blood and bad smells and liquid and then... Um, a little um, larva covered in blood and screaming, you know, that's th- like not objectively beautiful, but that I think that's the most metal fucking thing I've ever heard. So like, I'm yeah. all in. Oh, it's, it's How amazing. cool is that? Uh, it's so cool. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, I think birth, it's so amazing. It's so cool. Right. It's so great. And, um, but it's, it's what's cool for all it portends. There's a new person in the world. That's huge. And also there are billions and billions of us. So you have to get your head around um, this has happened a bajillion times in history, and it's the first time that it's maybe happened to you, or it's the fifth time or tenth time it's happened to you. But this child is unique to and to your family, and so can you sit with that amazing, unique wonder, and also the incredible quotidian ordinariness of birth? Um, can you can you hold both those things in your brain and honor both of those? And so I don't like it when people. Right. What do I? Who cares what I like and don't like? But I mean, I react when people. <laughs> I do. We're having. You, we're having Chad. drinks. Of Thank course, you. I care. I don't like it when people are like, like I'll share with you. One time, I was in a workplace when I was young, and a young colleague of mine had a baby, and he was talking about how he was up, or he'd tell stories about how his baby daughter pooped all over everything, and funny stories about whatever. And there was an older secretary and a middle-aged other um, employee, and one time he left the reception area, and they looked at each other and rolled their eyes and said, you'd think he, or something to the lines of, um, he thinks he's, does he think he's the only person in the world who's ever had a baby? Or you'd think he's the only person in the world who ever had a baby. And I laughed because I thought, gosh, there's really two sides to that. They're right that a kajillion other tiny screaming creatures have pooped that exact same way and all over their parents or whatever. And it's the first time it's ever happened to him. Right, that's it. Your kid's not a genius, Trent. You've just not had one before. Yeah, but it's also, right, like, he's, it is the first time he's ever had a baby. Yeah. But it's not the first time anyone's ever had a baby. (laughs) And how do you hold those two in a, you know, healthy, creative tension? And that's all fine and great. But I think to circle back to Dobbs, that's what these state legislatures are threatening and are in fact taking away from us, that miracle. Because when the government forced you to deliver that baby, that's no longer um, that amazing, awesome miracle. Now you have been enslaved, truly, I think in violation of the 13th Amendment. The government has commandeered your body for the benefit of another quote-unquote person. This is a great tool for controlling women because it's very hard for them to plan and finish their educations. It's very Ah, hard for them to walk away from relationships that aren't right for them if they're co-parenting a child. It's very hard for them to... Um, have sex and enjoy it, um, knowing that they could be trapped by it forever. Um, So it actually, you can understand science perfectly, Chad. You can understand medicine perfectly and and use it to your Machiavellian ends. Yeah, it's like, there's like a whole contingent of humans that think women are like the lemmings from the game Lemmings. 
that are just like walking around and they're like, oh, you got to help out or they'll fall or some shit. And you're like, yeah, man, they just, how do they live? How do they even do it? I don't know. I don't even go in there. It's weird. It smells like hairspray. Or worse yet, that they're actually um, walking around and in charge and making tons of decisions and doing great. And what's happened is that the men who used to take those places have been bumped out because they didn't meet the test course score cut uh yeah for those you have slots. to actually know it's like you'd have to know more about what you're doing you have like to you participate have to work in an actual meritocracy no i don't even like that word i don't know what it means when you chad when you allow okay so say you were in an all bird arena you're competing Ooh. with other birds. But yep. when you bring in other species that have other yep. abilities and maybe studied harder than you did. Like that iguana that fucking rocked the MCATs. Now they've taken a place that you, in a world where that iguana was not allowed to take the MCATs or to apply, <laughs> uh, you would have gotten that spot. This comes down to, like, the, the, the thing I think we just keep saying over and over. It's like, logically, this doesn't make any sense. And then also, logically, it does make sense if your motive is to control people's bodies, right? Yeah. It, it, like, in the end, you just have to be honest. You just want to be in charge of, an, of other humans' bodies. Yeah. It's going to make it harder for safe abortions. And even people who get safe abortions will potentially be traumatized, okay, in two ways. One is, it, what's it like to be a medical refugee in the United States that you have to cross state borders and flee your own state to get just standard of care healthcare somewhere else. And you have to pay or drum up thousands of dollars to do it, to pay for the procedure, to pay for the travel, to figure out childcare. Where are you gonna stay in this city you maybe have never been? Are you gonna fly there? Like, how's that gonna work? Um, are you scared to bring your husband or boyfriend or sister or best friend because they could be charged with aiding and abetting? Like, it's just so traumatizing, not right. because you're having an abortion, but because you're having to move heaven and earth. It's going to be later in your pregnancy, so we're going to create a, a push towards later gestational ages. So if you're troubled more ethically by second trimester abortion than first trimester abortion, you should be against all bans and restrictions because people get there as early as they can, unless you make it harder and then they get there later and then the second piece is chad even people who get safe medically safe abortions in their home state might also have traumatizing experiences because they're scared they're bleeding they're cramping they're vomiting as you would with the miscarriage but they're thinking is this normal is this right should i go to a emergency room well i don't i'm not doing this with a doctor so i don't i i'm maybe they know to call a helpline and get some advice to say yeah that's normal this is really safe doesn't feel great take some ibuprofen you're going to be fine in a couple hours or when do they are they bleeding too much i mean that can happen you need to go to an emergency room are they too terrified to do it are they saying to their boyfriend sister husband friend mother don't be with me because i don't want you to get in trouble so they're by themselves they're scared so even if it turns out medically okay have they been unnecessarily traumatized shamed made to feel like a fugitive just for wanting to control their own destiny and live by their own lights. Again, in the United States of America, that should not be a crime. What are we going to do? Because that's the other thing that I see all the time now is people like, all right, I hear you. This is awful. What can we do? Because apparently the Supreme Court, when they said it, that's it. 
and they're never going to die. So we just have to live under this horrible cloud of misery. Like, what can we do about it? Well, we all have to commit to living to 100 so we can go to the parade. Already on it. I've told you once. I've told you a thousand times. I'm dying at 110. Good, good. Okay, so we can go to the parade when a different court reverses this, which they will. Um, (laughs) Yay. uh, I'm not waiting that long. So here's four steps (laughs) that I think about. Um, Number one is get people is short term get people where they need to go to have uh, safe abortions uh, with it number two is help those who can't travel or don't want to travel have safe abortions in their own context uh, where abortion is banned uh, step three is change the laws in those states because um, this cannot sustain and people shouldn't have to go through that and number four is don't take states like Illinois for granted that we're always going to be this way we have to defend these protections. And so, for example, just speaking from a Chicago perspective, um, Illinois has a, excuse me, Indiana has a special session. It's last I heard it was scheduled for July 26, where they're expected to ban all abortions. All those patients are coming to Illinois, many of them, um, because we're a little donut hole surrounded by restrictive states. So we need to help them get here, um, those who can. But then all their protesters, when they've shut down their clinics, they're coming to Illinois. Um, and they're going to spend money in our state on our political races, right? So there's, there's an ongoing thing. There's the dealing with the patients today and handling the law today, tomorrow, and in the future. So the patients today, you can donate if you have 20 bucks. There are um, travel funds that help patients get places. There are volunteer opportunities to host a patient in your guest room or drive them to their clinic appointment so they're not so alone and trying to figure out the L uh, when they get here and, and helping financially. The second piece is getting educated about medication abortion and understanding how that works so you can help people. You can let people know the information. And aiding and abetting laws mean you don't want to help anyone specifically, but we still have a First Amendment freedom of speech. Um, and so I have a constitutional right to just share that I have heard and I expect many people to look at websites like If, When, How for legal advice in their state. I expect them to look at websites like Plan C or Aid Access to learn where they can order um medication abortion over the internet. I will not be surprised if they go to websites like um, abortionpillinfo.org, which is the uh, website of uh, self and um, safe uh, self-managed abortion, safe self-managed abortion, um, and to learn what it would be like and when you would go to the hospital and what's normal. I won't be surprised if they call the uh, miscarriage and abortion hotline for, to talk to a clinician about what symptoms are normal and how they're doing. You know, so in states where it's not legal, um, I won't be surprised for people to share that information and to access it. I won't be surprised if they download the Yuki app, with E-U-K-I, which stores information on your phone and not in the cloud if you want to do period tracking or order medication abortion so there's not that digital trail. So I think um, people are just going to develop new habits in these states' uh, environments of illegality. And then we need to change that because they shouldn't have to do any of that. They should be able to be in the right. We shouldn't have, this shouldn't have to be a, no, a like no. a careful conversation. Where we're like, well, I'm not saying, but it would be a fun idea if it's just like, no, fucking go do it. I don't care. We shouldn't even be hanging out, Katie. We shouldn't be drinking in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, we should be talking more about what our appetizers are going to be. I would What's love the, that conversation. What's the main course 
for to like like because what are we doing for the mains? What do you want to do? Do you want to do like you want to like do sushi or do you want to do like I can't do sushi. Can't do sushi. Okay. Well, you want to do like a? I mean, I'm assuming you can handle a steak. Right? Oh yeah, like a, yeah. Steaks. Ooh, let's do. I've never done this. Let's do a reverse sear, and we'll put it over rice. What? Okay. If I knew, I'm gonna say yes to a reverse sear because I don't know what it is and I want to find out. You put it in the oven, on like 200 for like 10 minutes. Then you take it out and then you heat up a, a pan. You get it really hot, and then you do the the hard sear on the outside, and then it's a steak. Got um, Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm in. Yeah. Um, are we doing dessert, or is, oh, we think we're probably okay? Uh, okay. We do like a, a cr- like a crinkle, or what are you thinking? I'm thinking something. It's going to involve chocolate if we're going to bother. Like I eat oh, a yeah. lot of fruit. I don't need it with sugar on it. You know, that's that's for breakfast. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think we're so, like going like a chocolate mousse or um, yeah. Okay, some sort I could win on a mousse. Yeah, like a mousse. Do you do like like one of those triple layer cake things? Because I think that's too. All right. Well, you do. Okay, fine. Well, we'll oh, oh yeah. No, there's no such thing as too much chocolate involved. <laughs> okay, I think we're ready to order. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got this one. Oh, this is great. Thank, thank you. you. That's I've never perfect. Had a bird by me dinner. Special thanks to the Barrera Cudas for their kick-ass song "Promises." That's taken us out on the back end. Thank you to Jepson's Malort for providing fundage that allowed me to have Katie on this show. Thank you to Katie Watson, who's out there fighting the good fight. You can find her on all of the different socials. Please follow. Please listen. Uh, and uh, below in the um, description of this episode you might find some articles and websites that might be of use to you uh, that, like, you know, we're just suggesting you should take a look at and also tell your friends about and perhaps even post about yourself because we're all in this together and all we can do is help. This week, I got another episode coming out, though, so get ready. That's going to drop, well, Thursday today. It's going to come out Friday, which is tomorrow, but I don't know. You're in the future. It doesn't really matter. Come and take a listen. It's going to be a lot uh, less informative and, and important as this one, but it'll be fun, and I think we could use a little bit of fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being you, and uh, keep fighting, and remember that you've got people on your side, and some of us are willing to buy drinks. So if you know who they are, give me a call. Oh, hey, podcast people. It's Chad the Bird. And this is a commercial for something super cool that you should totally get into. But why me? And why you? Well, here's the deal. I have a brand new show in the works just for you that will harken you back to a time before when things were random and all bets were off. When Ecto Cooler roamed the land and you would wake up early on Saturday mornings. Remember those days? It's been too long since we've had reason. And now here I am with you and that reason. And that reason is a brand new live action show starring me and an army of comedians, musicians, writers, actors, celebs, and randos streaming right into your desktop on Saturday mornings live. TV used to be wild, free, untamed by plot and point, remember? When it was just whatever the hell you got, like Halloween candy. Sometimes it's chocolate, sometimes it's a pack of chalky bullshit. Either way, that's the game. 
My new show will stack your pumpkin bucket with random comedy, music, spoken word, and whatever the hell people give me into 20 minutes of prime internet escape written and performed by the best of the best and the best we can afford right into your home Saturday mornings live. So join me, Chad the Bird, and donate to my Patreon now to bring back the good old days of nonsense to your Saturday mornings. Funding will help produce and maintain a monthly show that we hope to turn into a bi-monthly show. And hey, you go all ham on this and we'll go weekly. Take back your Saturday mornings, reclaim random, and give me money. Chad the Bird is my name, and my new show is all for you, podcast people. So click the link and get in on it. Is that good? Oh, fuck, we're still recording?